Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church family. I want to dive right into the book of Romans chapter 7. And I love this passage because Paul is writing uh, to a group of believers in Rome. But as we look into it and we know that he's writing not just to the Romans, but to any Christ follower uh, who would come after uh, him, we, we, we also see that there's so much that you and I can pull from it. And what I love about this passage so much is I feel like he wrote this passage for me personally, because it's one I go back to over and over again. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I get it, Paul. I get it. That's exactly how I feel. And I want to dive right in and show you what I mean. He says this in Romans 7, 17. I'm reading out of the message paraphrase. It says, but I need something more for if I know the law, but still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions. Do you ever feel like you have intentions to do good, but they get sabotaged? It's like you have intentions to have a clean house and then a couple toddlers come through and sabotage those intentions. Like you, you have intentions to lose some weight and then you see that hot eats, cool treats sign in the window at Dairy Queen and you feel sabotage there as you feel yourself pulling into Dairy Queen. I, I, I feel like Paul is saying here, it's like, I've got good intentions, but, but they're being sabotaged. She says, for I know the law, but still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I, I, I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyways. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in any action sometimes Sometimes uh, something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Part of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything. Nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there anyone who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? I, I love this because he, he's saying, like, I'm at the end of my rope, and I'm wondering, like, as much as I'm trying, is there anyone who can do anything? And I, and I love the fact that Paul goes ahead and jumps to the end of the test and gives us the answer. He says, the answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Are you thankful that your God cares about the struggles that you and I go through? It's like, man, I, today I want to talk to people who struggle. 
I wanna to talk to people who struggle. And this is what I know. I, be, I believe that God talked to me about you this week. And for some of you, that might sound a little bit weird, but just uh, stick with me for a moment. I, I believe God spoke something to me about you. And I believe he told me this. He told me that you struggle. And for some of us, it's obvious. You came in this room and you're like, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm here because I need help. And you're like waving the sign going, I'm struggling. Someone help me. But, but that, that's obvious and that's easy. I want to talk as well to the people that came in the room and you've got your makeup done just right today. And you got a smile on your face and you got a new shirt on and you're, you feel like you're looking good. You're looking tough. You're looking handsome, right? I got it all together, but here's what I know about you. The Bible tells us that, that you struggle too. And that Paul, I'm a, oh my gosh, he's, he's a leader in our faith. He, he took the word of God. He took the message of Jesus, the gospel all over the world. And he's saying, guys, I struggle. And he says, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm so tired. I feel like I'm getting so weak. I'm just so exhausted. Is there anyone in here who you just feel tired? You feel, you feel like you're, you're just tired. In fact, why don't you turn to the person next to you, look at them right in the eyes and tell them, man, you look tired. <laughs> that, that probably, probably wasn't, but let's try, it, try it this way. Say, no, you look nice, but you also look tired. <laughs> like, women don't like to be told they look tired. I learned that lesson. I, today, I want to speak to you from the message, uh, grip strength, the subject, grip strength. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, I believe that, God, you want to do a work in this room today. I believe that you want to rescue some people who are at their wits end, who are losing their grip, who are exhausted right now. And, and I pray that I wouldn't get in the way of that, but you would minister to us, that you would speak to us, God. Holy Spirit, come into this room and Jesus be glorified in this place, we ask. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This last summer, my family moved, and um, I can remember a point where I was just at my wit's end. I was so frustrated because uh, I was in the middle of the move, and I was like five days into spending my evenings taking one box after another and one piece of furniture after another, and putting it in the back of my truck and moving it to storage and putting it in stacks of storage. And there were so many boxes, like, I'm going, where did we come up with all this stuff? It's like, uh, we're moving the house, and I'm thinking, I've got like two boxes yet. So Somehow between my three, uh, the three girls that I live with, like we've got like 5,000 boxes in the house that all got to get moved and I'm doing it here and it's late at night. And I remember the feeling when I turned around and, and, and I, was, I was so exhausted at the end of the day and I was pulling a box off the back of my truck and, and, and I lost my grip and I dropped it and the box hit the ground and I heard something crash, bang. And I still, we still haven't opened the box so I still don't even know what it was. <laughs> But I remember sitting there and I was so frustrated and I was so annoyed. I was frustrated because I knew I still have so much more work ahead of me. Like there was still many more truckloads that needed to take place that night. There were still more weeks in, of moving that were going to be coming in the future. There was a lot more work to be done. But I, I was looking at all of the work and I'm going, I don't have the strength to keep this up. I can't keep a grip on what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I was so frustrated and I was so annoyed too. I was annoyed because I, I, I could remember having been stronger in the past. 
And I could remember thinking, you know, there was probably a time when uh, a couple years earlier where I was strong enough to where I could have just done this whole job and I wouldn't have dropped anything because my grip strength was strong enough. So I, I was there and I was frustrated, but it was getting late. The sun was going down and, and I had so much more to do. And I looked around, I looked at the back of my truck and had so much to do. And, and I did the only thing I knew how to do. I shook my hands out and I put my head back down and I picked up the box and I kept moving. And then later I thought, you know, that's, that's a point of weakness in my life. It's an area where I got to get tougher. I got to get stronger. So I went out and I got one of these, <laughs> the grip strength tool, right? Like, yeah, I love these. I think, I think they're ridiculous and awesome at the same time. They're awesome because they're going to like, I'm going to be jacked, right? I'm going to be yoked. It's going to be amazing. Like I could have noodle legs and I could look five months pregnant, but I'm going to have Popeye arms, right? It's going to be amazing. It's amazing. I'm thinking, I got to get tougher. I got to have a stronger grip strength. I've got, I got to be tougher. Now, understand, you're like, what in the world is this guy talking about? I'm not here to talk to you today about getting your arms stronger. I'm not a personal trainer, okay? Like, I'm not talking to you about moving. I'm talking to you today because I have felt that exact same way when it comes to my spiritual life. I, I feel like there has been so many times in my life where, where I'm just, I'm going through the grind, uh, I'm going through the day in and the day out and I've got the responsibilities and I'm trying to do what I, I've got to do. Like I want a relationship with God. I want to be close. I want to be blessed. I want to be happy. You know, I want my life to be fulfilled. So I want to be closer with God and I want to be a good father. And I, I want to raise my daughters right. I want to be a good husband. And I want to meet my wife's needs. And, and I've been given some responsibilities. I want to be good at my job. I want to be a good pastor. I, I want to do all these things. And there are some times where I feel like as hard as I'm trying, it's like I just, I can't hold on anymore. I'm just losing my grip. And there's been times where I've dropped it. And I'm like, I, I leave a situation. I'm like, I didn't just parent my daughters the way I should have. I didn't give them the attention that they just deserved right there. I, I just totally blew it with my wife. She needed uh, uh, compassion, and instead she got a bullheaded answer from her husband. <laughs> it's like, I'll I, I leave the office some days, and I'm like, what they needed was, was leadership and encouragement, and instead what, what they got was a, a tired man who was concentrating more on the fact that I, I, I was thinking about being a, 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 str a struggling father than I am being a boss. It's like, I, I'm starting to get to all these points where I'm, just, I, I'm struggling and going, and, and then beyond all that, it's like, I still want to have a relationship with God. So I go, what I'm going to do is I'm, uh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to worship God and I'm going to read my Bible. I mean, that's what we preach to do. You get up every day, you read your Bible, you worship him, you preach, you study, you get closer to God. You do that. And I, I'm not even doing that. I dropped it there. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm losing my grip. And unfortunately, what happens, because I grew up in church, so I know many of you did, is we go through seasons like this where you feel like you struggle, you feel like you're losing your grip. I'm trying to hold on. And what do Christians say? Christians say things, well, you just, you just need to have more faith. You just need to love God more. What you need to do, you need to try more. You need to you set your alarm. You need to just get up and you, you need to study more. You need to read your Bible more. You need to worship more. You need to pray. You know what you're not doing? You're not praying enough. You need to pray more. 
And you know what? The truth is that comes with good intentions because we're trying to encourage one another and we should try to encourage one another. I mean, we're told to encourage one another in the body, but the problem that comes with that is it brings a misconception of the belief that we are being, we're teaching each other the, the fact that the whole responsibility of the relationship with God and being successful in your relationship with God lies on you. And it lies on your grip strength and your ability to hold on. So you, you just gotta get stronger. So you need to go out and you need to get one of these. You need to go out and you need to, it's like, doesn't matter, you, you go get that devotional. You go pick up the devotional from the store and you make sure you're reading it every day. And then you turn on worship music in your car and you make sure that you're not listening to that, to that heathen music on the, uh, you, you don't do that, you know? And like, there's certain ways that Christians, we don't talk and we don't listen to that stuff. So you just make sure you're working out harder and you're working stronger because you need, a, you need a stronger grip so you can hold on to God. So you stop making those failures. And it's devastating to hear things like that. It's devastating to hear people say, just have more faith, just do more, try harder. And it's devastating because every time I do, I fail again. And you know what that's like? It's like, okay, this is gonna be the week. It's like, I screwed up all week last week. I sinned every day last week. I messed up every day. I cussed every day. I ticked everyone off every day. I neglected my kids every day. I did it all. This is the week I'm gonna do it right. So I put in my Hillsong uh, playlist. And when I got in my car, I'm ready to go. I'm not gonna screw up today. So I crank up the song and like, I'm starting my day off, right? Hillsong worship is going in my car. I'm singing along and everything is wonderful until that car cuts me off and the handicapped placard swings and I gotta swerve. And now all of a sudden I'm saying things that aren't even part of the song. <laughs> I did it again. I gotta try harder. The song should have been louder. I should have, I should have been singing the song when I got out of the shower. I should like I gotta try harder. I gotta I gotta and it's like, oh I'm losing my grip. And it's frustrating. And it's annoying. It's frustrating because I look at all the responsibilities that I have around me and I, I see that I wanna be a good dad and I wanna be a good husband and I wanna be a good pastor and, and I just wanna be a good man of God. I wanna be someone that I can look at in the mirror and be proud of. I, want, I, I, I wanna be someone, like, like, it's frustrating because I want that so bad and yet I keep losing my grip and I struggle but I do what many of you do. We look at all the responsibilities, look at all we got, and we put our head down, we shake our hands out, and we pick it up again. And it's an exhausting way to go through life. And it's a frustrating way to go through life. It, it, it's annoying because I think many of us can remember that, that honeymoon period when you first started your relationship with God and you saw him changing your life and how passionate you felt and all you wanted to do was be in church and you wanted to listen to podcasts and, and you wanted to tell other people about Jesus and it's like, you were doing so good. And it's like, you can remember a time when you were stronger in the past. You're like, so I gotta, I gotta get stronger. I gotta hold on tighter. I gotta, I gotta do more. And it's so frustrating, but, but 
But I believe when we look into scripture here that we see that we're not alone because that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Paul, Paul, Paul is saying, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You can hear the desperation in his voice. He's saying, I'm trying. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying not to sin. I'm trying to walk away from that addiction. I'm trying to be better at all this, but I can't, I'm not strong enough. I, I keep losing my grip. I'm trying to hold on, but I, I, I just keep losing my grip. And it's interesting because what I think we don't talk about enough as a church, as a church as a whole, but as Fellowship Church, this is this church family. I don't think we talk about enough the fact that we all feel that way. And yet that's not at all what scripture says a relationship with God is supposed to look like. Because when Jesus talks about a relationship with God, Jesus doesn't say you gotta get stronger. You gotta get tougher. See, what you need to do is you need to go out and get some tools and you need to start praying harder and studying more and doing more stuff so that you can be stronger. Now, now I want to pause for a moment and, and make this very clear that I am not at all saying that you should just give up on life and, 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 and like the responsibility is 100% on God and 0% on you. That is not at all what I'm saying because the Bible does say we are to draw near to God and God will draw near to us. The Bible does say that godly sorrow leads to repentance, that we should turn away from our wicked ways and we should turn towards the Lord. But, but so many of us, we feel like the responsibility of the relationship with God is all on us. And Jesus says, no, you've got it completely wrong. That, that that's not how a relationship with me works at all. That in fact, it's the other way around that I created you and I know you and I know you don't have the strength to hold on to me. I know you don't have what it takes to hold on to me. I know you're gonna sin. I know you're gonna make mistakes. I know you're gonna say that you're not gonna fail again and then you're gonna fail again. I know that all this is gonna happen, but I still love you. See, it's not, Jesus says, it's not about your love for me. That's not the basis of our relationship. And it might be shocking to some of you today because you're like, wait a minute, we're here because we're supposed to love God. And, and yes, of course we're here because we're supposed to love God. But this is what he says about our relationship with him. First John four says this, this is love. Church family, we need to understand what love is. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loves us. Did you catch this? This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He is saying our relationship with him is based on the fact that he is the one that is strong enough to hold on to you. Our relationship with God is based off of the fact that, that he loves you that he chose you, that he drew you, that he decided, that that's why you feel like you can't get away with things certain times and you feel convicted like I used to be able to sin and now I, I feel like I get in trouble and I feel bad about it. It's like you feel like you're on a short lease. It's because he loves you and he cares about you and he's drawing you closer to him. And our relationship with him is based on the fact that he holds on to you. But what about when I mess up? What about when I fail? Well, we just... We just spent a whole series talking about Peter walking on water next to Jesus and he, he messed up, he slipped. He lost his focus and he fell, he stopped trusting and he fell. And the Bible does not say 
that Peter reached up and grabbed Jesus. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed Peter. So wait, what is it? What are you saying? Are you saying that was the responsibility of saving Peter's life on Peter or was it on Jesus? Was the responsibility of love on, on us or is it on Jesus? See, I, I think that this, this can be confusing to us because we're taught, of course, to love God. But, but loving God, is, it's not, that's not the responsibility of our relationship. When we choose to love God, when we choose to hold on to him, all we're doing is cooperating. When we're loving God and doing what he asks us to do, we're just, we're just being kids who are cooperating with their parents. Everyone has, how many parents do we have in the room? You remember raising kids? Do you remember the stage, or if you're not a parent, you've seen this happen before, the stage when your kid wants, does not want to be held, like period, they do not want to be held. And it's like, they will try everything they can to pull away. And, and, and yet it's the parent that's holding on to them. The, the kid that holds back on to mom, they're, they're cooperating. The kid that's holding back on to dad and snuggling in, they're cooperating. What are they doing? They're making it easier for themselves and they're making it easier for their parent. But the responsibility of carrying the kid, taking care of the kid, is that the kid's responsibility? No. It's the parent's. And that's why over and over in scripture, we see the fact that there's like this, this, this simile, this comparison that God wants to make with us where we, he, we, he wants us to understand he is a good father and he holds us, he takes care of us and, and, and nothing can get in the way of that, right? Nothing can get in the way of the fact that he is the one holding on to us. In fact, we see that Jesus says this, John 10 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my father's hand and the father and I are one. What is God saying? He's saying, you are not strong enough to hold on, but I am. Say, you're not strong enough to, to get away from me, but, but I am. You see, sometimes we think that our relationship with God is based on our strength of holding on to him. I remember when my daughter Kayla, when she was young, um, she hated to be put on shoulders. I don't know why. Like, uh, I, I would carry Rachel around on my shoulders and she'd peek over my head and it was a fun thing. So many parents have done that. Every time I put Ray, uh, Kayla on top of my head, she would freak out. She's thinking she's gonna die. So she would death grip me and she'd start clawing at me. She's like trying to gouge my eyes out. It was like, it was like she would claw at me like, like when you try to take a cat and throw a cat in a swimming pool. It's like that type of climb, you know, don't look at me like you've never tried it, right? It's like, she would just, she's gouging me, and she, and the thing is, she was thinking that if she let go of me, that I was going to drop her. She had in her mind, if, if I let go of dad, I'm going to fall, I'm going to crash, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn, it's going to hurt, this is no good, I won down, daddy, hold me. And, I, and she would hold on, she would grip me and she would claw me, there would literally be claw marks on my face. But what she didn't know and what she couldn't understand as a kid is even if the responsibility was on her, she wasn't strong enough to hold on to me. 
If I put her on my shoulders and I decided to go somewhere, she can't hold on. If I decided to take a little jog, she can't hold on. If I, if I swooped down too fast, she can't hold on. She didn't have the strength. She was going to fatigue. She didn't have what it takes, right? What about when a kid tries to run away? What about when a, when a kid says, I don't want to do it the way that mom and dad want me to do it. So, the, so they go for a run. That's why us, us parents, we, we put our kids in overalls. If you don't have kids, you don't know what I mean because people without kids, they're like, oh, overalls are so cute. No, overalls are great because there's a handle on the back of them. <laughs> it's the leash. Try to run away, it's like, whoo, I got you. Carry you like a suitcase now, girl. <laughs> I got this. It was so funny. Last week after the 11 o'clock service, Amelie and I, we were standing over in the administrative building and, and she looked out the window and she's like, oh! And I'm like, what? I turn around and this looked like a two-year-old girl running out into our parking lot. And she did, like turned white for just a moment thinking, oh my gosh, there's a child running into our parking lot. But it wasn't a half a second later. The father came around the corner and swooped in and picked her up. It's like, okay, you thought you were going to get away from me. And you thought that you were going to get outside of my plan. But no, I'm the daddy and I'm the one that's responsible for taking care of you. And I've got you. I got you in my hands. I've got you in my hands. You see, I think so many times we, we think, well, I've just got to hold on to God. Because if, if I let go, then, 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 then he's going to drop me. If I, if I don't do right, then he's going to drop me. If I, if I keep sinning like this, then he, he's, going to, he's just going to drop me. He's going to forget about me. He's going to, he's going to move on from me. And I'm going to just end up lying there on the ground. And we get to a point where we get so, so exhausted. And I know that there's some of you in this room that you've, you've struggled with things where that's exactly what the weight that you've put on yourself. If I, could, if I could just do it right, I wouldn't be so tired. If I could just get through the day without sinning, I wouldn't be so exhausted. If I could just, you know, if, if I could love him more, if I could hold on more, then, then I'd be all right then I could come into church and I wouldn't come in feeling guilty and shameful. I'd come in feeling like I did good. I had success this week and it's going to be awesome. And then Monday morning rolls around. And guys, I got to tell you, living life like that is exhausting. I heard older pastors years ago say, you got to be very careful if you're a pastor to never tell a story too early. To never, to never tell a personal experience too early because you don't want people to think that you're messed up. Let me tell you something, I think that's garbage. Because what you need to know about your pastor, um, my name's Dan and I'm jacked up, okay? <laughs> I don't wanna be around perfect people, I don't hire perfect people, I don't hang out with perfect people. Because let me be honest with you, the people that are perfect, they're normally covering up something that is a lot darker than what you might think. And, and it's, it's the people that are perfect that need the most help. And, and, and it's really, it's, it's those of us that get to this point where we're like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, where we get so exhausted. So let me tell you what happened in my life. Because just a couple months ago, 
I was in this room on a Wednesday night, 4640 was taking place, middle schoolers over there worshiping, and my wife and I were in this room, and we were walking around, and I was pacing the floor, and I was so exhausted. I'm going, God, I'm losing my grip, because I don't think you understand what you did to me, God. And I started telling God everything that he didn't know. I started telling him that that he doesn't recognize the responsibility that he put on me and there's not enough hours in a day. And I started telling him that I'm just a guy and I have no idea how I'm supposed to raise two teenage girls. And and I started telling him all of these things and, and I started explaining to him the fact that he picked the wrong person. Then no, someone else should be their father. Someone else should be her husband. Someone else should be the pastor of this church. Someone else, God, you did it wrong. You messed up. Because I can't hold on anymore. I walked into this corner and it was right here. Right right next to this door, I sat down. I said, God, I can't make it through a day. Like, I say, I'm not gonna sin tomorrow. And it's not even breakfast and I've already messed up. Do you realize that like, I can't even figure out what I'm supposed to speak next week. There's 52 weeks in a year, God. I, I'm, I've got a lot of years ahead of I can't. I can't do any of this. God, you picked the wrong. I can't hold on anymore. I can't do it. And I told God everything he did wrong. And I told God that I was alone and that this was unfair. And what you put in my hands is too heavy for me to carry. And at that point, I felt like something in me just snapped and I just broke. And I I sat right here in this spot for 30 straight minutes and cried. And I, and I cried about the fact that I feel like a failure, that I know how to put a smile on my face and look right. I know how to just say the right things. I've gone to church long enough to say all the, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And I, I know how to, I know all those things. But I sat here and just cried because I realized that something deep within me was broken. And it was at that point that I didn't hear God come in the room and tell me, Dan, you're wrong, I know everything. And It was when I told God I wasn't strong enough that I felt his presence come and like a warm blanket just, I felt like he came into this room and he just wrapped around me with peace and he began to whisper to me. And I'm not talking like God spoke to me audibly. I'm saying he was bringing back to memory the scriptures that I know that I've read that he said, where he's saying, Dan, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That I'm with you, that I love you, that, 
that you're more than a conqueror, that I'll never give you more than you can handle, that, I, that I'm with you. And in this period of time, as I was honest with God and I started to tell him, God, I am not strong enough to do this, I heard him tell me, I know. I know you're not strong enough, but I am. I know you're not strong enough to be a good father, but I am. I know you're not strong enough to, to be a good pastor, but I am. I know you're not strong enough to, to be a good husband, but, but I am. And he began to minister to me alone on a Wednesday night in this room. When he said, Dan, I've got you. It's never been about your strength. It's never been about you holding on. It's never been about you having it all together. It's always been about me holding on to you. It's always been about the fact that when you struggle, remember in in your weakness, that's where I'm strong. When you can get to the point and say, yeah, I have issue and I need need help. That's, That's where that's where he can step in and help. Guys, I'm not doing this for like a counseling appointment. I can't afford your fees anyways, right? But I'm telling you this because it's not just me. In fact, we see King David. David said this in Psalms 22. David was at a place where he felt like he was at the end of the rope. He lost his grip. He had snapped. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You've abandoned me. Like, do you even care? Like, you gave me a kingdom. I, I'm not tough enough to even handle it. Will you put something in my hands that I cannot handle? I am not strong enough. Do you even care, God? That is King David. The Bible says he is a man after God's own heart. Do you even care, God? And we know by looking into the scriptures that God didn't get mad at David. He said, David, how dare you come before me and tell me I'll never, he didn't do any of that. Because what we see is that when David opened up his heart to God and said, I'm not strong enough, I'm not good enough, I feel abandoned, I feel alone, I feel like I don't have it together. When he was able to face it, then God fixed it. See, God won't fix what you won't face. And when he faced it and he said, God, I am messed up, we see that God gave him a new perspective on life and showed him that not only was he not alone, not only did God never abandon him, but God had been taking care of him all along because the very next recorded Psalm in scripture is Psalms 23, where David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, he went from going, God, you never, you left me, you abandoned me to going, oh, wait a minute. No, yeah, you're the shepherd. You're the one that's been there all along taking care of me. 
See, I just had it messed up in my head because for there, for a little bit, I thought I had the responsibility to take care of myself. I thought I had the responsibility to hold on for myself, but I didn't recognize that, no, you have always been the one holding on to me. You have always been the one drawing me. Those times that I feel far from you, that's, that's me feeling far from you, but, but you've got me in overalls because every time I try to run away, you grab onto me and you say, no, you can't, you can't leave me. I'm going to hold on to you. No one can snatch you out of my hand. You can't snatch yourself out of my hand because I love you. And why is he doing all of this? And it's because he's holding on to us because he wants us to have the best life possible. In church, the best life possible is not going through life so exhausted that you're waking up, waiting to go back to bed. That you're lying in bed dreading the next day. That you're just, you're just waiting for the next vacation. When I'm so exhausted, there's so
worship song together. But for those of you that maybe you have not given your life to Jesus, repeat this prayer after me right now. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I give up on trying to do life perfect. I wanna do life forgiven. So please forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again. Please be my savior in Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you as a church. God, as we worship you now, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and you would rescue your sons and daughters who are so tired right now. Your word, your promise was that if we come to you, you will give us rest for your, our souls. Those of us who are weary and burdened, we need rest for our souls. So Holy Spirit, come and minister peace and rest for our souls right now as we sing to you. And it's in Jesus' name.
we dismiss, I'm going to invite our prayer counselors to squeeze their way all the way to the front, to line up across the front of the uh, auditorium. And uh, I'm going to pray for you. And if you need more ministry, if you'd like someone to pray uh, with you today before you leave, we'd love the opportunity to do so. So take advantage of this. Um, uh, your God loves you. He wants, he wants to rescue you. He wants to give you rest for your soul. So let me pray, and our band's going to keep playing, and we're going to dismiss, and if you need ministry, please come forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you that even though we fail, your love has never failed us. Even though we lose our grip, you have never lost your grip on us. Even though we've turned to so many other things, you have, you've always kept your hand on us, you've always watched over us, and you always draw us closer to you. So thank you for your love today. I pray that as we leave here today, we would leave here with a lighter burden because we dropped it at your feet and we can walk out of here in the lightness of your love. We thank you, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you. Help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.